All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Hey guys, it is Rachel Feldman. I am beyond pumped to have this just marketing genius woman, master at telling you how to pin without feeling pin overwhelmed. So today we are going to be talking about how to 3x your Pinterest without making you feel crazy. And and Jan is even going to talk to us about the beauty of Pinterest and really about your ideal client, all this amazing stuff. So yes, it is going to be juicy. It's going to be packed. Take notes. You will also see in the show notes, sign up for this woman's freebie. I know from personal experience in my group, she is the bomb.com with dropping information that completely applies to your life, your health and wellness biz. So without further ado, can you tell everyone the sweet, juicy sauce we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, what an introduction. Thank you. (laughs) I am really, really excited to be here too. Um, I'm Jana, Jana O with Jana O Media. And I'm a Pinterest marketing strategist for online coaches. And I work with a lot of coaches who are under like the self-development umbrella. So health coaches, wellness coaches, self-care, relationship coaches, um, and some business coaches too, because as we all know, running a business is the ultimate self-development experience, right? Isn't that Um, the truth? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, entrepreneurship, man. So yeah. So I, I help coaches to leverage Pinterest as a platform basically to grow their audiences on autopilot and attract perfect clients. And Pinterest, as many of your listeners already know, is a search engine. So the beauty of it is that when you market on Pinterest, if you do it the right way and you approach it like a search engine, which not everyone knows to do, but if you do approach it strategically the right way, you can attract people who are already searching for the things that you help with and teach about and help with through your coaching program. So it's a really great way to bring in new people to your audience regularly and to bring in action takers because you can attract people who literally already know they need what you have. <laughs> so that's I love that you talked about Pinterest being a search engine machine. Mm-hmm. And for those of you guys, if you don't, you're like search engine, go Google SEO and your mind will be blown by these amazing platforms. And it's one of the big reasons I wanted you to be here is I tell coaches all the time, I know that you hear about all these different strategies. And what I want to start having you guys think about is where are you posting that has a direct relationship with Google and is also a search engine? Mm -hmm. So can you break down for a coach why pinning is your favorite tool for, of course, expanding and finding your ideal client? Yeah, absolutely. So for the reasons I mentioned, because you can attract action takers as long as you do it strategically. I also love Pinterest because it's a search engine. It isn't as high maintenance as social media is. So when people say to me, oh my God, I can't even think about adding Pinterest to my list right now because I already have Facebook and Instagram and this and that. And I, you know, I'm already on so many social media platforms. One of the things I always remind them is that Pinterest isn't social media. So when you set it up, you set it up as understanding that it's a search engine. And I actually, the methodology that I teach requires you once you have it set up strategically to invest about four to six hours per month in one monthly sitting and then you set it and forget it until the next month. So you sit down, you do like a half a day of stuff. And by the way, you can totally delegate all or some of it. It's definitely easily delegatable stuff once you have it set up strategically. And then you literally walk away (laughs) and come back 30 days later. So you know a lot of people think of Pinterest sort of like Instagram because they're both beautiful and pretty. But like over on Instagram, we all know you can have the best content. But if you're not in 
they're engaging and dropping comments and talking to other people and searching hashtags and commenting on blah, 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 all that stuff, which is cool. I do it too. But if you're not doing that, your engagement, you're not going to get results on Instagram. Over on Pinterest, it's the opposite. You actually don't want to be like DMing people on Pinterest and commenting on things. It's not part of the culture. People don't expect it. It's not necessary for results. And actually, I've had people... like I've seen people get banned for, for like commenting on stuff too much and like sending DMs. If you get a DM on Pinterest, you're like, what is going on? Right? You're like, no, you're like, no, 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 no. Is this like, like a bot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people don't go to Pinterest. Women don't go to Pinterest uh, to socialize. Uh, it's not social media, right? They go there looking for ideas and inspiration about how to make their lives better and how to make their businesses better. And if you can be there and show up in the searches for the things that they're looking for when they're looking for you and those things you teach about, then that's the magic there. So that's the other thing, I guess, just to, I'm kind of off on a tangent, but to answer your question, (laughs) that's the other thing that I love about it really is that it is low maintenance as long as you have it set up strategically and you understand what it is and what it isn't. You know what I mean? It's not something that you just like have to like add hours and hours to your, you know, your list of to-dos in order to be successful with, which is great. So I love those two things about it. You know, it's that search intent, it's the low maintenance aspect of it. And I just love that it's something that can be operating in the back of your business and you can walk away from it and you can be doing other things and it's generating leads for you. That's like the holy grail to me of lead generation platforms where you can walk away and be focusing on other things, whether that's things in your business or in your personal life and know that it's working in the background. To me, that not only feels great from just a strategic perspective, but it feels like freedom, you know, so... I think that's well, and I love that you brought up even the visual aspect because I know for myself, mm-hmm. when I think about different social media platforms, and I always say everything that I learned was it was either self-taught or it was mm-hmm. just trying to test out things, especially before I either had a business coach or I was working with somebody like yourself who that was their their jam and their zone of genius. I always would say, well, Instagram's a place just as like a visual museum. Mm-hmm. And I love going there to consume. And I love going to different hashtags and seeing and, and just mm-hmm. kind of like <sighs> quietly yeah. going through. Yeah. yeah. But when it comes to me intentionally searching, mm-hmm. I always would say, well, what are my behaviors? As a mom, I would always go and look at recipes on mm-hmm. Pinterest. I would look mm-hmm. for you know, ideas on Pinterest. My mm-hmm. sister-in-law still to this day, she's like, oh, of course I found this on Pinterest. And we right. have an ongoing <laughs> joke that she has done every birthday party, everything she's ever wanted to buy, every redo of a room. Yeah. And it was all from Pinterest. And mm-hmm. I realized that is the visual search engine machine. Right. And so I would really love if you can kind of, you know, help this person who's saying, oh, well, where do I even start? What? And of course, I'm sure you have something on your site for the basics of Pinterest, but... Mm -hmm. For this coach who says, well, Johnny, you you use this word strategically a few times mm-hmm. without somebody hiring you. But of course, they're like, I should hire this woman because she makes sense. <laughs> Can you help somebody to, what is a strategic move versus somebody yeah. who's just fudging up maybe their opportunity to yeah, find yeah. that they would have potentially not Yeah, that's a great question. And I do absolutely have resources on my website and some of them are free. I have a free masterclass and I have a free quick start checklist. And those are both great free resources for anyone who just wants to tip their toe in. The masterclass is great because it basically helps you understand not only that Pinterest is a search engine, because like a lot of people know that now, but it helps you understand what that means and what the things are that you need to understand that are kind of like those sub shifts. It's called the five secrets of getting clients using Pinterest. And it basically goes through the five things that are the answer to the question, well, great. So Pinterest is a search engine, but what does that mean? How does that change how I, what do I do? You know what I mean? Like, how does that change how I approach it and how I set it up and what I do? So that's a really great place to start if you just need to understand why you're going to approach it and how you're going to approach it differently. And it's very actionable. And then my quick start checklist is basically for that person who just wants to jump in and get going with it and really wants to get that. They have to kind of take those first few steps in order to get that fire under their butt and be like, okay, now I have this great profile and now I really want to do the things like the keyword research and things like that to make it really, really perform really well for my business. But the nice thing about that checklist is it'll have you do things that are actually going to set you up for a good strategy 
strategy. Unfortunately, I have found that like so many, unfortunately, it's fortunate for me, but um, so many, so many. Unfortunately, many other people say they specialize in really messing up your business. (laughs) Oh, no, I I didn't mean that. I actually, that might be true too, but no, no, I meant like so many, I have talked to so many coaches um, who've taken my course or found me for one-to-one services. And when they found my course or my services, they were like, I already have Pinterest set up, but I just, I knew it was a place where my people were and I wanted to be in front of people there. But I just jumped in and I started creating boards and I started pinning things and I put my profile up and I added a picture and I, you know, I even made some pretty board covers, some of them say to me. But then I stepped away and I watched it and it was like, okay, but this isn't doing anything for me. Like what's, I don't see any results from this. And so what happened in that case is typically that they didn't know those things about it being a search engine, those five secrets that I cover in that masterclass. And so those things basically roll out from the fact that it's a search engine. And the number one thing I would say that people really... They really want to skip their keyword research. They don't want to take the time mm-hmm. to get clear on their... Not only who their ideal client is, because I, it's important to be clear on who that is, but also who your ideal Pinterest pinner is and what exactly those people are actually searching for around the right. things that you yep. teach and help with. Because that's the first key. And if you do that you're setting yourself up for having a strategic profile, not one that's just pretty and it's just going to sit there and you know, you're going to be like, what's going on? Is this going to do anything for me? If you actually start with your keyword research and say, okay, what do I think people are searching for? Do some really good, really good work around that. you know, And then taking those words and phrases that you brainstormed and systematically researching them and finding out exactly what people really are searching for. Because there will be some surprises. You'll be surprised when you do that research. And then you take those keywords and add them to like six areas of your profile, which I can go over. That's where you're going to end up with a strategy. So I think your question is basically like, well, when you say set it up strategically, yeah. what do you no, mean? No, you answered it perfectly. And that's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah especially, especially for anyone who is either a newly wellpreneur or a more seasoned wellpreneur looking to really grow and scale. Yeah. We hear this word strategy a lot. Like right. you strategically do this. You strategically reverse engineer. Yeah. And you know, I love that you really detailed that because that in my mind gives somebody like myself or anyone else this roadmap into, oh wait, so Jana really covers these core steps. And in addition, yeah. it also gives insight into how extensive this can be and also how it can really worked for your business mm-hmm. when that person thinks they pin right. I remember I'm that person who's like, but the boards look nice. Well, yeah. if they're not doing anything for you, sister, maybe, right. you know, right. take advice. So I guess is that next point, which yep. is where, and, and I know you cover this, but I think just even for the juiciness of this, before we get into our more extensive, like, hot talk. Yeah. Like what we were going to talk about, yeah, right? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, this is just so golden because I think also we can consume sometimes in master classes and guides, but I feel like when, when it's a little more explained, like this is, this is what this person's saying, you know, and it's in their brain. And this is why they are the person to invest in this course. It makes us much more, you know, open to the fact okay, so maybe I've had a bad spinning experience, but let me not have my pain trauma affect <laughs> what I'm going to be digesting. Um, and oh so God, I love that. Yeah. in the profile, you know, I, because I think this is the perfect lead way into why understanding and doing our market research and understanding who is, who consumes on that specific profile. That's something I would say that, that you really tuned into know your pinning profile. And I've never even looked at it like that. Like, who's that person who consumes on this platform? Mm-hmm. So can you just before we hop into the hot and juicy herb, yeah. Yeah. Um, just talk about how do you do that market research to get your pinning person? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of different things I can think of that could be helpful there. One of them is if you've been on Pinterest for a while, whether it's strategically or even if it's not really strategically yet, like maybe when I say not strategically, maybe you've just been doing that thing that I described where you created boards, you started pinning, you're on there sometimes. When people do save the pins that you create, and this is something a lot of people don't know, you do you can look at each individual pin. And if you find like the top maybe three or four pins that you've pinned, you can find that in your analytics. 
products and you actually click on them, it'll open them up in a bigger window. And then you can actually hit on this little button that's kind of hidden that says more info, I think, on that pin. And it'll give you expanded statistics about that particular pin. Now, you chose the top three pins because you want more more data to look at rather than not a lot of data to look at. So you should open that pin and see a decent amount of data because it's one of your top three pins. And one of the things you can actually look at is you can see what boards people save your pins to. So this was really interesting. Like I have a hormone health expert who's a client of ours. And we did this recently as kind of a... We do this like maybe every six months for each of the clients that we work with. The Pinterest manager that I work with does these where we go in and we do this little market research video to show her this. And so we go in and we look and we say, okay, you know, this pin's been pinned to 28 boards. And we go through each board and actually see what those are called. And that helps us to know... I mean, from our perspective, it helps us to know, make sure we're keywording things correctly because theoretically, those pins should be pinned to relevant boards. Like if we see that someone's pinning them to weird boards, then we might not be getting in front of the right people. But for hers, I think it was like, a you know, let's say it's a pin about like fibroids and how to, you know, diminish or, you know, I don't know if you can say get rid of, but how to, you know, deal with fibroids. If we see, you know, that people are pinning those to women's health and to hormones and to fibroids and to 2020 one feel better plan and you know things like that then we know we're on target and then you can also look at those and get an idea of what kinds of boards those people have so you can actually if you want to take the time to do this this is a great way to do market research it's not something i recommend as like a baseline pinterest marketing strategy but it's a great place to go you can go into each of those 23 boards that your top you know pins were pinned to and click on the person and see what other boards they have oh, wow. you know what i mean and see okay oh this person also has a board about being a good role model for my kids and this you know she also has a board about homeschooling and she she has a board about this and that. And you can kind of start to understand if there's commonalities, you know, that what other things are important to, to these people. And sometimes that stuff is like, oh, who cares, you know, what she eats? Well, actually eats for breakfast is relevant, but who cares if she, you know, wants a soft pillow or a hard pillow? Like we don't care about that. But if she has a board, there's going to be certain things that are like more adjacent topics, like what I ate for breakfast. <laughs> and that would be really interesting to see, you know, for those people. So that's one way you can... And start to, of course, for anybody, for you guys who are like, why would we want to know what we're eating? It's the same as when somebody, when you have this ideal client in your mind, their avatar, their, their demographics, their habits, what they mm-hmm. do, then guys, this means that you literally can start making more pens that of course have to do with great breakfast ideas for hormone health, which leads us into this next part of what we, of course, we're going to talk about, (laughs) which is, and I think this is a beautiful tie-in because marketing is making this assumption of what this person wants to consume from you in a free form. Secondly, how they consume it. Mm. Is it audio? Is it, you know, I mean, is it a podcast audio when we say that? Or Mm -hmm. even is it a freebie? Do they want to come to a blog, PDF? But this we're taking to a next level in what we're about to talk about, which is what actually makes them stop Mm -hmm. on that image to say, oh, wow, I'm going to opt into this. And that's guys why marketing experts are really great because all they do is geek out on hard data and give us more data, more information. So we really create that content that appeals to our ideal client. But also at the same time, what we're about to blow our mind with is how do we also message with those same pieces of tasty content without having to reinvent the wheel 50 times and then not do your self-care, not take care of your family. And then of course quit because you feel massively overwhelmed creating this. Yeah. It's a great topic. And I think I have a, I have some ideas about it that kind of, kind of are at the intersection of those two things. I mean, I definitely teach a minimum viable Pinterest strategy. I believe there are a lot of shiny objects you could chase on Pinterest, just like there are shiny objects anywhere. It's just a little microcosm, right? So I really encourage people to stick to the basics. So I think a coach who has clients and who is marketing in multiple places, not just Pinterest is not going to be, you know, if you're not spending all day, every day on Pinterest, you need to be able to walk away from it. And that's why I teach that methodology of maintaining it and what. 
So I agree with that 100%. And I think that if you're being smart about it instead of... And that's again where that strategic comes in. I guess I use that word to say like you're being smart about it and you're focusing on the things that you know are going to give you the ROI. And so on Pinterest, the things that are definitely going to give you the ROI are going to be your keywords and those visuals that you just mentioned. And so I actually just wrote a blog post recently. It's called like the how to 3X your Pinterest reach without 3Xing your content creation. And that's exactly what you're talking about, right? And I feel like I could talk about this for hours. And <laughs> so many, so many directions. Can you tell like, them exactly I could about it? Out <laughs> I totally could. <laughs> I totally could. And it, and, and it doesn't help that you're geeking out on it too. So we're doing it together. Basically, so like 3Xing your content creation. Oh no, I forgot what I was saying. Shoot. Oh, okay. Three well, um, axing it because I know, guys, this yeah. is what happens when you geek out with somebody. You're like, uh, I'm so okay. excited. <laughs> like, where did I even go? We were we were breaking it down because okay. we know also so many entrepreneurs, they need this. They need this visibility, but they get stuck saying, well, I'm already in all these other platforms. Mm-hmm. How am I going to add Pinterest? And furthermore, being really strategic on Pinterest, as you and I were discussing before we started recording, is making sure that you're testing mm-hmm. what you're get, so that you're bringing in, you're actually having that person opt in without needing to create 10 more pieces, right. 10 more pieces of content. Right. Right, exactly. So I know, you know, I mean, like you, Rachel, are a prolific content creator, and some of your people, you know, like creating content, some don't, right? But, and in reality, I mean, we're all creating content because content is just solutions. You know, when you are creating solutions for people and explaining the solutions to their problems and helping them to get there, that is content when you're creating that, right? So, one of the things that's great about Pinterest is that it magnifies what you do have for content. So, say you write an epic blog post as an example, and, or it doesn't even have to be epic, just a blog post about like 10 snacks. This is an example I use a lot. 10 snacks that you can have on hand or even five snacks that you can have on hand that you know give you more energy that you can have for like afternoon snacks that aren't coffee. There's got to be a more concise way to say that for a blog post title. But you know what I mean? Like five, five energy boosting snacks to have on hand. That don't crash your adrenals. I mean, yeah, for your 2 p.m. For your 2 p.m. slump, you know, that aren't coffee or something like that. So in that article that I wrote, that blog post, I was saying that instead of just creating one pin for that blog post that you took forever to... Not forever, I shouldn't say, but you took a while to write or whatever. Or it could be a podcast. You put your heart and your grit into it. You you really want it to work because that's the strategy part. You want to make the work you've done really work for you. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. So you want that. You want that. So instead of just creating one pin and popping it up on Pinterest and calling it a day, you can create multiple pins for that piece of content. And so when you first create that piece of content, whether it's a podcast episode, a YouTube video training, a blog post, whatever that is, you can create three or four pins for that content. And then down the road, two months later, you can revisit it and say, oh, this is performing really well. I'm going to create more pins for this piece of content. And a lot of people don't realize that. So for a lot of people, even people who are on Pinterest, they're like, oh, okay. So if you're doing that, there's basically three main benefits of creating multiple pins for each piece of content. The first one's obvious. It just increases your reach because you're pinning more. And there are more opportunities to have you know people find those pins in their searches and smart feeds, and you can use different keywords and that kind of thing. The second main benefit is... Um, actually, I'm going to skip to the third and come back to the second because we really want to talk about the second. It's the most fun one. The third benefit is that you can then um, pin more and space them out and you won't look like you're pinning the same thing over and over again because you're creating multiple pins for each piece of content. But backtracking to the second benefit... And it's sort of related to what you were talking about is you can create different pins with different messaging and different angles. So let's say you have that piece of content. It's about five energy boosting snacks that won't crash your adrenals for that 2 p.m. slump. And let's say you create one pin that shows a picture that has the text overlay that I just said. So you know that's what it's about. And it has a picture of a mom running around outside in a sprinkler with her kids. And so that's going to attract someone who would love to have more energy because she's finding herself at two o'clock every day. Her kids are like, mom, want to go out and play? And she's like, no, I don't, you know? And she doesn't want to be that mom. And then another pin, you could have another one where it says you know, five afternoon snacks that boost your energy so you can be more productive. Pointing to that same blog post because that is the same topic and it's congruent with what they would get if they click through because they still get that list um, of blueberries and, you know, the different snacks that are going to be good for you at that point. But maybe this one has an image of a woman, you know, in her 30s and she's at home in her pajamas on her laptop working, you know, and she's really obviously focused. Like maybe it's a work from home kind of look situation, right? And so for her she's hitting 
studying this two o'clock kind of afternoon. I know I do sometimes. And she knows that she still has client work to do. You know, she's an online entrepreneur. She's got to finish her workday, but she's feeling, ugh. It's probably because she's sitting there in her pajamas. But anyway... Girl, um, wash your face. <laughs> right. There we go. Exactly. But you know, blueberries will probably help too. So that pin is going to attract a different kind of person. And then if, obviously you get to make a decision as the CEO of your business, whether you want to attract both of those markets or not. That's you know your decision. So you, the text overlay you use, the image that you use, and even the keywords that you use can help attract different people to that same piece of content and get have different angles. So I always say your pin has two jobs. One is to stop the scroll because when you're on Pinterest, most of us know if we've been on Pinterest, you're scrolling and you've got to just stop and get their attention. And one of the best ways to do that is to just be really specific about who that pin is for. It's that you hear your name at a cocktail party phenomenon where you're not that, you know, hopefully we remember what it was like to be at cocktail parties, right? We're recording, recording this in 2020 during the uh, pandemic. But you know, you're in a room full of people, you're chatting and someone says your name across the way. It's like immediately, you know, your ears perk up and you look over. That's the same concept. If that person's scrolling and it says energy boosting snacks and it shows a woman out there in the sprinkler with her kids, you know, the messaging there, both the copy and the visuals is immediately telling her that she's in the right place if she wants to have more energy in the afternoon to be in the sprinkler with her kids. So the idea there is, you know, you know, you, you know your person, you know what problems they're trying to solve and you show that on your pin so that they stop the scroll. And then the second job of the pin is to get them to get that micro conversion, which is to really on Pinterest, we want people to click through yeah. the pin and get that piece of content because I want to know what those five things are that are easy to shop for that I can easily get that I should have in my refrigerator. So when I hit that two o'clock slump and I don't want coffee, you know, I can go grab my snack and feel more energetic. But the only way to get that is to click through that pin. So you want to give people that incentive that there's something here for them that's going to solve their problem. Would you say that it's... it's And of course, to, to try things out and test it. But would you say that if I were that really busy entrepreneur that it would make the most sense to open up Canva, have a template for your pen and just say, here is message one, here's message two, here's in message one, one picture that shows maybe that mom that's running around with her kids, another picture that shows the blueberries. And then the third picture is that picture that shows the woman Either maybe she's at her desk at work, maybe she's doing it at home either, but it shows that life, that scenario, that situation. And the fourth is to have that blueberries with, so that you're really testing the same. So it's almost instead of blueberries to blueberries, apples to apples. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. I'm like, wow, our, our ability to just... But would yes. that yes. be safe yep. for, for the entrepreneur that says, oh, John, like, I just want this major action step. This, this, you ladies just talked about like a bunch of different things, but and is it possible? Yeah. Would that be the simplest thing that yeah. you suggest? I, I think that that would be a great strategy if you're looking to test, to either reach you know, a couple of different audiences so that you basically open up Canva and you have for every piece of content, you know you're creating four pins. One is for this person. One is for this person who's a different part of your audience. And then this one takes this strategy. That would be a great way. And you're right. There is um, the ability to do market research there. So an example of that might be, you might want to find out on Pinterest, are people responding better to when you push into their pain points or are they responding better when you offer them the solutions? So maybe one, maybe one pin is, you know, do you want to have more energy because you want to run on the sprinkler? Maybe another pin shows what the opposite of that looks like. And then you can over time, and that's the thing you have to remember Pinterest takes time. So you, and you have to give it a chance, but if you over time see that people are responding better and clicking through your content more when you're pushing into the pain points, or maybe when you're offering the solution instead, you that gives you an idea, you know, of which strategy works better. I think like probably on most platforms, you know, we know that we want to do both. We want to have some content that hits one and the other. Generally speaking on Pinterest, they say that the positive messages work better because people go to Pinterest for positivity. But I've found with some clients that that doesn't hold true, that it is the pins that 
have people on them who are unhappy yeah. uh, because they are uncomfortable because of those fibroids, as opposed to the women who feel free now and they're on the top of a mountain. You know? I, I, love <laughs> that you, I love that you said that because I always say in the health and wellness industry, there are blueprints, there are roadmaps, there are rules and there are strategies, but you have to come back to a place where you say, I've absorbed all this information and now I need to test it. And I need to see which one works for who I actually attract. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are more sensitive topics that such yep. as fibroids and colitis. And when you, yeah. when you come in more into that disease state where you mm-hmm. can actually go for the elephant in the room and say, you know, is sex really painful? And you can mm-hmm. see a woman, you know, with her head down, feeling sad. Yeah. You know, or you yep. can also say, you know, imagine or, or, da- or, you know, 10 foods to help, you know, fibroids so that you don't have pain. And this woman, like, <laughs> exactly. Or this woman who just had great sex or something. Yeah. Where she's like, yeah. All great. Right. And then yeah. I think uh, I would say for anyone who's listening and saying, well, I do Pinterest and I'm understanding this, guys. This is advice that is essential. One of the things I hear people say constantly is, oh, this isn't working. (laughs) And right away I say, is that actually not working or have you not tested enough to really understand what grabs the attention of your ideal client in a really busy digital world? Whether you're working with somebody, one-on-one group, anything. Yep. You have to know that first because I can't tell you on a totally different platform, but we hear this always. Test your client in, in Facebook. The majority of people I see, and, and I know it's from my experience, people didn't like that. Are you struggling at home and you know feel overwhelmed at your desk? They mm-hmm. wanted to say that woman who was like, yeah, or hugging her child. They wanted to see that transformational experience Yes, yeah. or that pain. So I, I love that you've talked about this and, and made it so simple because that coach can say, oh, well, you know, I keep posting this, but maybe you're posting this food when that person needs to identify with a person in that visual. And yeah. then you start to understand, as you said, oh, you come and you see this one's doing really well as a pen and yep. you have a clear indication, I should make more of those. Right, exactly. So you can uh, you can look at your analytics and Pinterest and very it's a the dashboard's really easy to use. You can literally open up your top ten pins from the last last ninety days and then see if there's any commonalities. And if it seems like the positive messages are working better, great, double down on that. And if it seems like this particular lighter, brighter graphic is doing better than a darker one, great, double down on that. And yeah, right, and, and those infographics. I mean, I think we see so many types mm-hmm. of content on. Pinterest. And I think that's the part. I mean, I know I'm a Canva addict. Mm-hmm. And I would say yeah. it's a great place to just start to start testing out to realize mm-hmm. that how we consume information is different mm-hmm. for each one of us. Yeah. But that we can test things out to see does this person like seeing the food? Does this person yep. want to see a picture of me and start yep. brand identity and, and yep. like, oh, that's that person. Or do they need to see yeah. a stock photo? Yeah, I totally agree with all that. The only caveat I would say to that is that those types of decisions and those types of when you have enough data to be able to see those commonalities, it's probably going to take you six, nine months to get to the point where you have enough data on Pinterest to be able to see, to have enough meaningful, to be able to make, to draw meaningful conclusions. And so one of the things I really, I help people do is to kind of reduce the overwhelm of getting started and focus on the keyword research, the visuals, and then putting a workflow in place that you can easily do for four to six hours a month, once a month, and then walk away until the next month. And that four to six hour workflow that I teach, the very first phase of that workflow is the housekeeping phase, where one of the things you do is you look at your analytics. So you are going to be able to start to see those patterns, but it's going to take a while to get to the point where you have enough information to be able to say, oh, this is working or this isn't working. But it, so yeah. for 
And I would say for the six to eight months, I mean, how yeah. many times has you been a marketing strategist and, and really your, your drill down focus is on Pinterest? Yeah. How many times have you seen this just in business? That takes time. And I think that's a part yeah. that many people quit before they actually either see the hard data or have somebody like you. I've always needed to hire a person to really help me get into that like geeked out data. Yeah. It's not as It's not how my brain functions as well. I get overwhelmed. Yeah. But I've learned from hiring somebody and having them walk me through the process. That's a duplicatable process once you learn that. Yeah. And so yeah. much insight. I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt yeah. you. Oh, no, that's okay. No, not at all. I think that that was exactly right. And that's important to add into the the, the mix. But yeah, no, I and I agree with you. One of the things that's interesting about Pinterest is that there is a little bit of a barrier of entry to some degree because you, it is a slower moving platform and you don't always see results right up front. I will say in the health and wellness and self-care niches, the c- accounts that I've seen do grow a little faster than some of the other um, niches that I also help with. So it's maybe not as much of an issue, but it's still an issue. Like people still still get to still, you know, three, four months in, they're like, okay, I'm doing this every month and I'm not seeing any ROI. So I'm going to walk away and stop doing it. And that is not a good idea because Pinterest, it, it just grows really, really slowly. And everyone that I've seen who's exploded their traffic and their leads from Pinterest, it's taken, you know, six months, nine months, a year. So it's kind of like, for me, it's like that image of like, you know, that image of that guy who's like mining for gold and he's just mining every day. He goes out there and he's mining and he's mining and he's like, you know, building this mine and he's getting closer and closer to the gold, but he doesn't know if it's there or not, but we can see it as the audience. We know he's getting closer. And then one day he just says, this is it. I'm sick of doing this. And he stops and he's like this far from the gold. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's the image that I have of Pinterest because I think a lot of people get started with it. And even if they do get started with a strategy, a keyword strategy, they still sometimes don't put enough time into it to see it grow. There's like this inverse relationship between what you have to put into it in the beginning and the results you're getting. And then the results snowball over time. And meanwhile, it gets easier and easier to manage it. So less and less time and effort have to go in because you're getting better at it and you know what you're doing, right? And then your results snowball. But if you don't give it that chance to like have that crossover time, you know, to sort of get to that point where they cross over, then you're, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get there. And then you won't have that data. Okay. Would you say that that person, and I, I I really love that you brought up that point because I know somebody said that to me many years ago and I was like, what is this person talking about? What do you mean you're not going to show results? Like I didn't, I really didn't understand it, but I love that you're giving a little more roadmap for how advantageous it actually can be and that it, that it really is about refining these that market research, understanding that it's not that you have to put in so much work later. It's that it will get to a point where that data is there and it will give Mm -hmm. you a really clear picture. Would you say for that person, in your experience, when did people typically start doing paid ads or paid pins? Is that something you recommend in the beginning as long as you have it set it up, right? Yeah, yeah. It depends on what you want from those paid ads. So I used to, if you'd asked me this question a year ago, I probably would have said, well, wait, you know, six to nine months and then start running ads. So I would say, you know, set up your system, do it, your, you know, do your pinning, find out what that data is, and then run ads based on the pins that are working the best. You know what I mean? Because that way, you know, you're putting money behind something that's already working. That being said, recently, Pinterest pins have become, they're becoming more popular and there are more strategies around promoted pins, which is basically what Pinterest calls its ads. They're called promoted pins. And I have seen some people who are actually putting a little bit of money behind each of their pins. I have a course student in particular, a woman who took my course who I was on a call with probably about three months ago. She had taken my course, got everything set up strategically. And she, because she was going on a maternity leave... She wanted things to heat up faster. And so she decided to start paying like 4 or $5 for each of her new pins every month. And I thought that was really interesting. That's not something that I have uh, done personally or experimented with because I focus more on the organic strategies. But she was doing that and she said that she was getting you know faster growth and faster results. So if you're not satisfied with what I just described, where it's going to take you at least six months, nine months, a year... And put up with a low money. <laughs> If you're not happy with that, you know, if you, because I'll tell you, almost all of my core students and my clients, it's taken them that long to look back on this and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm so glad I did this. You know? I know. I mean, I I would say I keep hearing, oh, Pinterest is like the redheaded stepchild. 
And it's, it's like, I mean, I heard many years ago, somebody talked about like active campaign, like no joke, like seven years ago, somebody was like, this is like, you know, what nobody talks about and this is going to be coming up. And they were right. And I feel like the same thing with Pinterest is it's such a great place. You're, you're paying far different from Mm -hmm. what we're used to in Facebook. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think for a lot of people right now, they're also looking at, I know myself, I've been always saying for years, like Mm -hmm. look at these other places that are search engines. And so Mm -hmm. reflecting on kind of this conversation, even and talking about pins, I, I hear people that say it is the, it is amazing what you kind of see from that fruition. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you run any Facebook ads in your own business? You do. And do you te- do you have your students running Facebook ads at all or are they at a different stage in their business? I would say most of my one-on-one clients are running Facebook ads or oh, okay. maybe they're doing them by themselves. I've always made myself personally been like, okay, my brain is really good at certain things, but like I've got to outsource that part. And so mm-hmm. I tell people, unless you're really good at doing your own stuff, outsource it. But I know yeah. that I've been told by a lot of people, it's great to get leads on Pinterest and then retarget exactly. on Facebook. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, and I know you know that because you're a strategist, you're a marketing person. But yeah, there probably are a couple of people listening for whom this is going to blow their mind. Basically, the idea that you can get cheap leads yeah. by getting people over to your website from Pinterest. And remember, these are targeted people because they're people who want those five snacks for energy boosting. So they must be people who are unhappy with the amount of energy they have at two o'clock right now, right? So they get over to your website, they get pixeled, and then you can retarget them. Yeah. Um, and they get warm. And, right. they are, I mean, I think that's the part where... I know there are a lot of Facebook ad courses. I mean, I've even bought them. And this is when I really had to have that like moment with self. And I was like, self, you're not great at consuming information. Not, and I'm all for courses. I mean, God, we not only sell them, but I tell people all the time, you have to figure out how your brain processes. I do great when I consume in a course and then yep. have one-on-one attention. Yep. And so yep. I'm the person that's bought all these Facebook ad courses yeah. for years and yeah. have updates and even joined a yeah. membership on Facebook ads and said, you know what, I just have to actually put this to the side and know that I always need a little more one-on-one support because yeah. of how not only my brain processes, but I tend to get a little overwhelmed. Like, oh my God, is this going to be a total waste? And I just yeah. need that extra personalization but yeah, no, I, totally. And I, I think Facebook ads are, I mean, honestly, like I don't understand Facebook ads either. They're hard to understand. So I think it's kind of its own like beast too, you know? Um, it is its own beast. And P- Pinterest, at least for now, is much, much less complicated than that. I don't know if it will become more sophisticated with the targeting and stuff, but it's, you know, it's not as complicated as that stuff. But what's so point. nice, even with a retargeting ad, is it took me a while to really understand there were different types of ads. Yeah, and yeah. That you're paying significantly less for retargeting because that person is already warm audience. They've right. already opted into something. You have their pixel. So, right. guys, for any of you who are working with somebody or you are awesome at Facebook ads, and you yeah. know this is, I think, a really home run when we're talking about scaling and growing on other platforms because I'm a huge advocate of having your information, Pinterest, having your information on YouTube and in searchable. So is that something that you actually, I know that you work with the organic uh, part of that, but you also work with people to kind of develop how much, if you wanted to do paid ads, yeah. Yeah. So there's kind of, like I said, two approaches. You can you can go for the organic strategy first and have that all set up and then down the road, like kind of pour the gas on it, right? With the ads. And those like are typically... <laughs> right. Exactly. Those are typically my clients. However, I have recently especially had some people come to me and say like, I just kind of want to set up like the minimum viable Pinterest account. And then I want to immediately jump into the ads. And that can work too. So there's... A, it would take a little while to get into it. But I, I do that. And I also have an ad strategy. Strategist um, who is not on my team per se, 
but she's a referral partner. So we've been doing this. We've done this for like a few clients recently where we set up either she or I set up the account, but not in the same, not with the same level of detail that I do in my done for you um, offer where I'm focusing on the organic strategies, but we set up kind of the minimum viable piece so that the ads are possible and it'll work. And that is definitely a possibility if someone wants to invest more money upfront and less time really. So it's really kind of depends on you know, and I, I like to try to assess people's goals too, to try to figure out which of those models, you know, might might work better for them. So those are definitely, yeah, that you can you can do it either way. I would say. Um, well, I don't know if it's I, like that on other platforms or not. But. I think it's also great that you know, one not only was this training or this talk or this chat today on the healthy hustle about so many different strategies that I know all of us at any stage have to be reminded of constantly have to say, am I doing this enough? Am I really tapping in to what people want? And in that beginning, it is more of an assumption, but then you really start to look at what is proven, what works, what's consistently getting love. And then you get to a point where you say, it was all that hard work. And the fact that I didn't quit, like you were saying with the person mining, that is, that is true entrepreneurship. And I, I always would say my dream when I created this healthy hustle podcast was for people to really share, like, guys, don't just fall for that shiny object. No, you're going to work. You're going to do some work, but that work is going to pay off and stream and bleed into so many of your other different strategies that you have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think really, you know, one of the things that stops people, kind of paralyzes people is they just, they they think they have to do all the things, you know what I mean? They're like, and a lot of people, like I said earlier, are just like, oh my God, Pinterest, you know, I already have all these other things on my plate. But I think if you really look at what you're doing, I mean, none of us, unless we have a huge team of people and we're comfortable delegating, none of us can be ever, literally on all the, all the platforms and do that well. So to me, it's all about having at least... I'd say at least one platform that you've mastered that where you're nurturing people, the people that are new that are coming into your audience. And then having at least one platform that is getting you new people into your audience all the time. That's constantly, without you even having to think about it, bringing new people into your audience. Some people use Facebook ads for that. My people use Pinterest for that. Pinterest is really a place to bring new people into your... Into your... um, Thank you. It's not a place where we nurture, right? Because there's no DMing and there's no conversations and you're not commenting and we're not going live on Pinterest. We're not making that nurture connection. We're bringing new people who didn't know that we teach about energy boosting, you know, lifestyle type of stuff. And now they do. And they're being brought into, like you said, our ecosystem because they found us in a search or a smart feed. So if you have one, you know, that you've mastered where you're nurturing and one that you've mastered where you're bringing new people in, you're good. And then once you master it, then you can layer in other, you know, other strategies, I think, and other, I'm using that word again, other (laughs) I don't want you to think it's a bad word. In the beginning of this, because... It is kind of general though. A lot of people, a lot of people don't know those ins and outs of Pinterest and over the years and having you always sharing groups relative to Mm -hmm. health, to you know, uh, health-based services and personal growth, Mm -hmm. you know, wellness coaches, I've definitely been learned and it's expanded my understanding of Pinterest. And so it's been really helpful. Oh, that's great. Almost to the point, like I said, I think even a few months ago, I was like, okay, I'm not going to take this on right now because I need my brain for it. But yeah, said, oh my God, you know, how, what does it look like to work with you? Because I started to understand that potential. Yeah. So understood. Before we get going, I always like to ask one question. Okay. If you could, or maybe like even two, if you had five thousand dollars and this was your Christmas, your Hanukkah present, <laughs> what would that be to invest in in like your health and kind of that what it takes to be that entrepreneur that isn't feeling like burned out and just exhausted. I 100% immediately know what my answer is <laughs> because my massage package is running out. So I have a massage package that I bought when they, the spa that I like here in town, you might even know it, was running their like five for one. And I'm down to my last one. And it's heaven. It's the best. And I feel like it's such a great way to unplug and feel you know good. And it's definitely like filling your own cup. And I get away from my yeah. computer, which is not easy for me to do on a regular yeah. basis. 
to drag myself away from it. So for that reason, I would definitely just like invest that entire amount into whatever number of massages I could get in that package. Oh, I love <laughs> That's it. That's such a home run point too, because as working from home, mm-hmm. I never really like fully leave the office. And right. clearly guys, you can hear the level of excitement and like cheeks of happiness. And we're talking about this stuff. I'm like, yeah okay, should I just call you after so we continue this talk? All right. And the last one, because what is, aside from massage, what is your favorite health hack? Because you are that person who loves your business and you work with a lot of people to keep yourself grounded, centered and, and all that good stuff. Hmm, to keep myself grounded and centered. My first thought was, I mean, the one thing that's my favorite health hack, I don't know if it's about grounding and centered, but I definitely, I worked with a health coach about two years ago, I would say for about six months because I was in a place where, because I, I started my business four years ago, right? And then I got burnt out. Not, I didn't literally burn out, but I was in yeah. danger of it. So I did a six month um, coaching engagement. And uh, one of the things that I walked away from that she taught me that I kind of already knew, but she helped me get consistent about it. And I still have stuck to this. It's a habit that's really stuck is every single morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink 22 ounces of room temperature water. So I leave it on my bedside at night and I drink it first thing before coffee, before I check my phone, every, you know, I just guzzle 22 ounces. Love that. And it seems like it's a lot, but you're thirsty when you first wake up. So it's not hard at all. And the room temperature makes it easier to drink really, you know, just to drink it all down. And I was floored, shocked by how much of a difference it made to my morning energy. Wow. I love that. I, when I taught business at Hippocrates, that that was the one Mm. thing they had everyone before you did anything, Mm -hmm. sat there and you drank that 20 plus ounces of water. Amazing. Say the same thing. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a dry kind of girl. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's in Ashkenazi or mm-hmm. if it's it. mm-hmm. or like, I'm just in externally dry, <laughs> internally yeah. dry. So I yeah. love that tip. And then our last part is of course, yes, you guys are going to follow this woman. You're going to download her free stuff. You're going to consume her. You're going to, of course, trust her because she's so <laughs> such a, so strategic. I mean, strategic, even the posts you share. So tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely come on over to my website. I, yeah, come visit me over there. I, like I mentioned earlier, there's really two great ways to like get on my list basically and stay in touch with me to start, but they're really good ways to just dip your toe into Pinterest that my masterclass, which is the five secrets for using Pinterest to get clients is a great place to go. If you like to learn in a masterclass kind of setting, it's very actionable It's strategic, but it's also a lot of little specific tips and actions that you can take on your Pinterest, even if you're beginning, just starting. And it's actually also great for someone who is not just starting, but needs to kind of like reground themselves with a strategy, a real keyword strategy. And then um, you can also grab my checklist from my homepage as well. Both of those are available there on my homepage. And that quick start checklist is for someone, like I said earlier, who doesn't necessarily want to watch a whole masterclass, but they want to just jump in and have a quick checklist that's going to get them started. Yep. Yep. And it's not, you know, I mean, it's a quick start checklist. It's just getting you started, but it's getting you started the right way so that you're not going to be that person, that coach who sets it all up, spends a Saturday pinning a bunch of stuff and then checks back a day later and is like, what's yeah. going on? And there's nothing going on on Pinterest. Why isn't this working? You know? So you'll, you'll know how to, how to do it in a way that sets you up for a really good strategy that'll actually make you money. So. I love it guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Oh, and I, we had such fun today. Yes. I I realized I didn't actually say the website, which Ah! is right. So my website is janaomedia.com. So it's J-A-N-A-O (laughs) media.com. See what happens. I almost feel like, uh, you know, in a health tip, I'm like, okay, should we be supporting with brain health? Carnitine. What else? Coconut oil. Should we have dipped into the coconut oil in the last part to have increased our brain? <laughs> or is it that we are just having this much fun? So, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> All right, guys, fun. make sure that you, of course, take your notes during this. Go back. There was so much just yummy, amazing content. And uh, with that being said, guys, keep it real. Make sure that you take care of yourself and follow this epic lady. We will see you guys on the flip side. Bye guys. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. 
While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys soon.